Welcome back to the Technology in Worship podcast. I'm your host, Eric Coleman, along with my good buddy, Benji Satorius. And today we are going to address the subject and topic of budgeting. But first, we would like to address our recording circumstance this week. Benji, can you talk in and speak into that? Yeah, so we're trying something new this uh, episode, and we are recording remotely, so um, totally separate. I know. So I'm at my house. I've got a whole bunch of kids running around, so excuse those uh, background noises. And you're basically in my kitchen. You're in your kitchen with no kids running around. Lucky lucky you. but I do have a very loud furnace, so every (laughs) once in a while that kicks on. But we would... Love to hear from you specifically about budgeting. Um, what budgeting tips that you've learned and picked up along the way? How can we uh, effectively win our leadership's hearts for when we want to purchase new gear or how to better use the gear that we already have? So, can you speak into that? Sure. So, budgeting is a really difficult thing. In the church world, probably most of us would agree that the production team or, um, as a whole usually probably gets um, the short end of the stick as far as, oh, I need new gear or I need, I have this problem and I need to purchase this. And so, you know, we get the idea brought to us from the leadership of, hey, I want to be able to do this. And you're like, oh, I don't have the equipment to be able to pull that off. So um, they, they tell you, well, you have no money to be able to pull this off. So do your best with what good you luck. got. <laughs> They're like, see you later and good luck. And so that, that's, that's really tough to sometimes pull that, that, um, those requests off. And so I think... A lot of it comes to trust between leadership and the technical director or whoever's in charge of the the production department. Another key factor, I think, is how you as a leader um, handles the equipment that you currently have. And so, you know, if your stuff is not organized. You throw stuff in a pile. Um, cables are all knotted and tangled up. All that stuff shows that you don't really care for what you have. And so when you go to your leadership and, and say, hey, I need $500 to purchase this new piece of gear to pull off what you wanted to do for this weekend. But then they see your sound booth or your back room and it's like, how do you find anything? Because nothing's organized. Things are in piles and just thrown around. I think that really speaks volume to purchasing new gear and and your upkeep with gear and all that. Especially when you're saying, we don't have this. And if it's a mess. <laughs> how, do you, how do you know what you they have? Go, <laughs> Right. If they're going to look for it, how do you know what you have? Right. If it's a mess or if you're not keeping an organized log of everything that you have. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, you you got to start with 
getting your stuff organized. Take care of what you have and know what you have. Know what works, know what doesn't work. If it doesn't work, try to get it fixed or, you know, obviously put a list together of stuff that's broken that you need to replace. And so I think it really starts with you as a person and how you handle your department and your gear. What do you think on that, Eric? Well, I was just thinking about uh, a couple of years ago in my formative years as a technical director. I do remember you in particular asking me, so what equipment do you have? (laughs) And I'd be like, well, we have two projectors. Uh, There's a iMac computer and there's a video switcher. And then you would ask me again, yeah, but like, what equipment do you have? (laughs) Because you wanted me to like name off the exact like model number and like know all the ins and outs of the settings. And I feel like over the last, I'm going to say six, seven years, I've gotten a lot better at that. Mm -hmm. Um, So therefore, like my knowledge of the existing equipment that we do have has increased um the i guess the accountability of what items do we have within our church has increased um but yeah i mean i i'm definitely guilty of needing to get more organized um from time to time um for me it comes in spurts yeah yep obviously uh going into christmas and out of christmas and those big uh, weekends and things like that, things get a little um, out of place and they can just get thrown off to the side and say, oh, I'll, I'll deal with that later. I, I totally do that as well. And so sometimes I'm, the later comes and I do handle that stuff. And sometimes you, you as an Eric, yell at me and say, dude, take care of this stuff. And, yes. and so uh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you though? Do you? Sometimes. <laughs> I don't yeah. know that you have yet. Well, some. some I, I have some. dealt with some. There's just, okay. a, there's just a lot. A lot of stuff. Another thing with organization is I think when you are super organized, you actually will get more volunteers to serve on your team uh, without really having to reach out to them. Again, I I agree with that wholeheartedly. Because like me, if I was not on staff and I was going to a different church and I wanted to serve or volunteer and I walked into a sound booth or a video room, whatever, and there's just junk everywhere. And I'm like, I don't, really know if I want to be a part of this. Like they don't really care for the equipment. They don't know what they have. They're not setting me up as a volunteer to be successful. That's a big part of our role as technical directors and on staff at a church is to set our volunteers up to be successful, to make sure they're they're equipped with the correct tools to be successful. And if your stuff is you got tangled tangled cables and things just piled all over the place. You can't be very successful in those conditions, at least most likely. 
So yeah, so if you're struggling to get volunteers, organize your stuff and you might get volunteers. Maybe. What do you think? Wow, that was that was convicting. I definitely have a pile that I need to work <laughs> through right now. <laughs> and as soon as I get in the office this week, that's what I'm going to go work on. But I do totally agree. Uh, there was this guy that I knew who was serving with me at Harvest, and he had that mindset too. He would come in and say, you know, this is a mess. Is that really, Is this? does this mess really honor God even to the point, you know? Mm, yep. Um, I mean, yes, God knows our mess as people, um, and he has forgiven us anyway when we accept him. But in a clean working insp- uh, environment, I do believe that that can point people to God probably more than a mess does. So yeah, yeah. I-, I thought when he said that, he said it much more eloquently than I did just now. Now that we've talked about being organized and making sure your space is organized, uh, Eric, can you speak about how to work with the equipment that you currently have and you're just you just can't get any equipment purchased for this week or this month uh, to pull off whatever you need to pull off. Yeah. So within being organized, part of that would be knowing what you have so that when a request comes in for something that you may not have a specific gear piece in mind that you, uh, well, you have a specific piece of gear in mind that you would like to purchase that would be the dream that you want to use to um, help within the service or within that particular event but we do need to make use of what we have I think of many I can think of many examples within my own context in which we continue to use what we had to still get out get the message out there Uh, And one of those we kind of already talked about in the podcast previously in the first episode, how at my church we were using these PTZ cameras from pretty far back in the room. Now, granted, we already had the PTZ cameras, so I'm coming in from that side of it. I know that those came at a cost initially, but... We still would have liked, you know, smoother pan, tilt, and zoom functionalities, um, especially at the farther distances that we were, and even, you know, better image quality. But we made great use of the technology that we had on hand. Yes, we were dreaming, okay, we really would like this particular camera with this lens, and we'd really love to have 1,800 camera operators on our team. Um So over time, yes, as we've been organized and as we've been diligent with the equipment that we have had existing, leadership sees that whether uh, they are the ones holding the financial keys or if that's your worship pastor or whoever that is in your church, they can make note of that. Um, But really, we're not even trying to say like, okay, do this to, to get better gear. We're saying, like, just continue to be faithful with what you have, and God will bless that and bless that abundantly. Yeah, for sure. Was it COVID that made you update your cameras, or did you update before COVID? It was 
COVID that was kind of the launch pad for updating our cameras because we started to consider our online audience more and more and just knew that that quality was, um, it wasn't the greatest. And in so doing, it also upped the quality for the people in the room as well. So it was a win-win-win across the board. Because you were you were live streaming before COVID, correct? We were live streaming and using iMag on the sermon before COVID. Right. Um, and now we iMag everything. Right. And so you guys had three PTZ cameras, and that's all you had in that building. That, yeah, that was all we had in our 1,300-seat room. Yep. And they were all basically in the back of the room. And they're all 100 feet from the stage. <laughs> That's really far. 60 feet, whatever it is. And so COVID hit. And who made the initial conversation of, we need to up our game in the video world? So I think between myself and our worship pastor, uh, we made the pitch to the leadership team. And therefore, once the leadership team decided, okay, yep, this is definitely the direction we need to head, then we were able to make those purchases. And from there, we had to staff new positions. Right. For, on a, as far on your as volunteers. Tech team. Yep. Were you, were you in any of the discussions with the leadership or was that your worship pastor or were, as far as the discussion back and forth and all that stuff? Directly with the worship, uh, I was in communication with the worship pastor, and then the worship pastor was in direct communication with the leadership team. Got it. Um, and this pr- this large purchase of all these cameras, did that come out of your normal tech budget? Was that um, out of a different budget, or can you speak on that? Um, yeah, that did not come out of our normal technical budget because we still have our regular maintenance and right um, subscriptions and all that kind of stuff that is on our regular plate. So because this was kind of extracurricular and very needed by the entire church, uh, it came out of its own special budget line item. Yep. Part of the process for us was we designed multiple uh, iterations of a purchase for the desired gear. So there's, you know, the, the a plan, you know, this is everything that we would really love to have the full dream, the most expensive, the full dream kind of thing. And then we gave like a medium B plan, you know, this doesn't have this particular thing, but it does have this kind of thing. Uh, But it has everything that we really want, like all the necessities, and then the A plan is usually like definitely the cheapest option, or sorry, the C plan would be the cheapest option. C for cheap. Uh, cheap, yep. <laughs> and, you know, you don't always, you don't know which way the leadership's going to lean, but you sure hope that they don't lean toward the cheapest one just because it's cheap. So when you're building, be strategic and in your cheap plan, still include good items don't just include your budget friendly items yeah because you know yeah it costs more up front but you can save money in the long run because you don't have to replace that gear 
as frequent if you spend a little bit more ahead of time? I would say definitely um, plan for some quality pieces of gear, but maybe it spend less money in your cabling, maybe, if you do need to stretch your budget for certain things um, because you can often get like a very generic cable for cheaper and it will generally do the same thing as a more expensive version. Or you can make your own cables. Ooh, or do that. I've done that too. Yes. Fun. I've made all my cables and it, it does save a lot of money and you can make the cable the exact length that you need. So you don't have a 20 foot cable for a five foot run. Two foot job. Yeah. So that's uh, another good way to save some money and still get quality cables because you can spend a little bit more for those cables um, and then make your own and, you know, buy it in bulk. You save money and all that good stuff. So, so if you're, I guess I do want to speak to like maybe your resource for capturing video right now is only an iPhone. Yes, there are plenty uh, of churches out there doing that. And it doesn't mean, what we're saying does not mean don't continue to do that, but it does mean have a plan in place so that you can uh, give a pitch to your leadership team eventually. Um, but in particular with iPhone video, don't neglect your audio. So everyone knows that, uh, maybe not everyone knows this, but audio is probably more important than your video when it comes to video. Um, so you want your quality of your audio to be clear. Um, so just so you're aware, you can get audio adapters for your iPhone or your Android phones, and you can plug your soundboard mix directly into your uh, cell phone so that you can have some better audio uh, with your, your existing uh, phone camera live stream. Give it a try. And so without going into too much detail, because we'll do this in a, a future episode, but a quick rundown. How do you get good audio into your iPhone? Because you can't just put a microphone in the room and plug that into your iPhone and have good audio. So just a quick rundown. How do you do that? So you'll need to take an output of your soundboard and whether your soundboard has XLR out or a quarter inch out or even an eighth inch out. Uh, and then to get that into your phone, you'll need to get the right cable and adapter to get that down to a 3.5 millimeter cable. From there, you do need to convert the standard TRS 3.5 millimeter to a TRRS millimeter cable. That's a lot of TRS. And then it is, that stands for the microphone. So whenever you got a headset on there, you need the TRRS cable. Oh, yes. And then from there, you need the dongle. So Apple's oh, my word. 3.5 millimeter adapter to the lightning adapter. Right. And then plug that in your phone and voila, you have audio. That sounds really easy. It really is. I know it sounds complicated <laughs> outside of the cabling, but once you get the right cables, it's super easy. Yeah. And I've made and recorded several videos now 
for iPhone video where I grab the mixer board and it's great. They also make just little lightning to like XLR adapters too. So you could do that right from your board. And yeah, that's probably oh. a quicker and easier way than what I said. <laughs> There's lots of options, but, um, but that would be how you even would get some mixer good. boards. Go ahead. Uh, I, I was just going to say that, in, and even some mixer boards have USB directly off of them now because they're digital. Yep. Um, so then you would need the USB to lightning adapter for your phone. Churches that have iPhones, now they've got good audio. How do you get a decent picture from an iPhone? Because iPhones do really well video. So can you speak on that? Yeah, I can. Um, I guess it would kind of, it, it, it would depend on what uh, you really need. If you want higher quality of video, then I would suggest you record video to your phone and post it later. So not uh, because actual think, live. So not actual live because I think your live quality, your quality of the video image would be better recorded because of compression and all that stuff that like, you know, all those online streaming sites will do. Um, I think as far as like framing and things like that, we'll talk more in the future, but uh, it's probably better to not have a super wide shot, but also not have a super close shot. So find something in between. Right, yep. For a one camera iPhone setup. So that's a really good use of equipment that you probably already own because it, you know, the phone is in your pocket. Let's talk about leadership and how to get the leadership on the same team as the technical director, worship pastor, and and all that. So you've you've got these big dreams. You want the coolest gear and you want to be able to do this and do that. And your leadership's like, mm, no, we're not going to do that. We can spend our money in better areas of the church. And so we've talked about organizing your equipment. We've talked about uh, how to upgrade your equipment a little bit. And so when your leadership's not on the same team as you or see the same direction as you or they they have a direction and they communicate that to you but don't provide the gear to do that, how do you move forward with that stuff? And so I've done this quite a bit, actually. And so we have purchased new projectors uh, recently, just before COVID hit. Um, we've done a whole video upgrade that was uh, five or six years ago now. Um, we've replaced our soundboard at front of house. We've replaced the soundboard in all of our kids' venues. So we have made some large purchases over the last five, six years or so. And so every single one of those purchases was not easy at all. It was actually really difficult. It's hard to communicate to leadership, hey, our projectors don't look very good and we need to spend, you know, 20, 30, 50, $100,000 to upgrade our, our projectors. And they just don't see it. They walk in, projectors, yep, they're on and I can read the words. So what's the issue? Or... Why do you need a soundboard when I walk in and the music's already too loud? So why do you need another soundboard? And so going back to that 
making sure your your equipment and your space is organized builds trust. And once that trust is built, then you can start having these conversations of the direction that you want to take your production department. I think another key part is knowing your equipment, right? So Eric, you mentioned that earlier about me asking you, what equipment do you have? When you can talk about your equipment, you can answer the questions when leadership says, well, I know you want this $500 microphone, but what's wrong with this $50 microphone? That they searched on Amazon. That they, <laughs> that they searched on Amazon. And so being able to have a discussion, talk, that you, talk like you know your equipment and have a professional conversation with them of this is why a micro- this microphone is $500 and this one is only $50. And as you start to build those, those relationships and you had those conversations, trust is built on every single one of those conversations. And so back to the projector conversation. So I actually went to one of our board meetings, actually multiple, and basically presented, this is, this is what we have. This is what we would like to see the direction go. This is what is being recommended to us. So we had an integrator um, come in, they looked at our room, did a fantastic job and they gave us a couple different options. So similar to what Eric, you were saying with your cameras of like an ABC approach. Um, I think I only did an AB approach. I'm like, I don't want to give them too many options. Uh, I, I gave them our dream, which is the A, which is what uh, this integrator was proposing. And then I gave them to the B, which also our integrator was proposing as well. Within that discussion, I brought up, you know, this is the projectors that we have. This is what needs to happen on, you know, a regular basis. Every 1,000, 1,500 hours, I need to go buy a new bulb. And we have got three projectors, so three bulbs. Um, And that room is used quite a bit by a lot of different ministries. And so those projectors are used a lot. And so we were replacing bulbs pretty often, uh, which is not cheap. Those bulbs are a couple hundred bucks to, you know, five, six hundred bucks a piece. And so... Oh, yeah. Mine are expensive and my projectors require two each. Yes. Yep. Plus, our projectors were getting really old. And so these projectors, I believe, were at the time when we replaced them, I believe they were like 13 to 15 years old, which is really hard to find bulbs when they get to be that old. And so we talked about that and the upkeep and all that. And then obviously image quality and and all that stuff as well. So the image quality was probably actually the hardest one to sell to the board because they just didn't see it. They, like I said earlier, they walk in, the projectors are on, they can read the words, and that's basically all that they needed to know. And so what actually really helped was having our lead pastor, who is a very visual, artsy kind of guy. So he was able to help speak with that side of things, of the image quality. And you know he spends a lot of time with his sermon slides and graphics and 
bumper videos and all these videos and we spend all this time to make them look good and then we throw them up on the projector and they just look terrible. So in one of those discussions with the board, um, I actually asked all the board members, this is kind of a funny question. When was the last time that you upgraded your TV in your house? And some people answered, and, and then I think I narrowed it down to, has anyone replaced their TV in the last five years? And I want to say most of them said that they have, I believe. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and I, I explained it a little bit more than just that. I, I explained, I don't want to know if you replaced it because your TV broke. It was more or less, did you upgrade because you wanted a bigger TV did you want a flat screen and you had the old fashioned tube TV or, you know, those types of situations? I didn't want to know, did you replace it because it broke? And so I asked them in the last five years, how many people have upgraded, the, upgraded their TV? And I want, yeah, most of them raised their hand. And so I think that kind of was like the tipping point with the projectors of, yeah, okay, our projectors are overdue. And, you know, at that time, again, our projectors were over 10 years old. I want to say they're 13, 14, 15 years old, somewhere in that range. So they were old and outdated and all that. And so, yeah, as soon as I asked that question, I, th- I want to say the, the tone of the room kind of changed a little bit to say, okay, we need to, we need to step our game up. This we, is a valid, yeah, this yeah. is a valid, like, purchase. And- yep. And again, not to do it because I just want bigger and better, but you know, we're losing content visually with what we currently have. And so, yeah, it was, I, I didn't know when I was planning for that meeting, I'm like, mm, do I ask this question? Do I not? I don't want to be offensive, but yeah, it, it went really good and yeah, they responded well. So that was a really long conversation, multiple conversations worth. And eventually we went around and we were able to get the package A projectors, which have been amazing for us. We've been using those for two or three years now. And they're just You awesome. went with laser projectors this time, right? Uh, we did. We, we went with laser projectors and they are just amazing so bright bye so bye crisp. bulb replacement have not had to replace a bulb it's great and so but that was a really tough and long conversation because it's not cheap and then it was not out of my production budget so it was a additional line item on the budget and so trying to figure out okay where's this money going to come from do we have the money to do this and just all those conversations that just were were tough. They were long, but they were good conversations. A lot of trust came out of that conversation. Uh, a lot of good questions came out of those those conversations, and it was just it was just a good good experience. So we were in the process of building a brand new building, and they wanted TVs in all of the rooms in order to watch the service and all that. So this is our kids' building, but they started this project before I actually was, were on staff, and so I came on the staff, and they presented what they were wanting to do. And I'm like, "Mm, our current equipment cannot handle all those outputs and what you're wanting to do. So this is what we need to do. And so I came up with a a big list of equipment 
and it was a big list of equipment. Did a A and a B. I believe I did A and a B. I can't remember now. It's been a while. And again, presented that to the board. Discussions back and forth. This is what they wanted. This is what we have. This is what is needed in order to pull off what is wanted. Uh, again, a lot of good questions, conversations. Can we do it for less? Blah, blah, blah. And all um, good stuff. All, all that is all really good stuff. Good stuff it really is. Good conversations. Because I would actually, I would feel bad if they just let me go buy whatever I wanted to buy. Because, you know, they're not being wise in spending money. And so those questions are good. Are they frustrating? Of course. But they're needed and it keeps everyone in check uh, to make sure that I'm doing my homework. I'm not just coming out and just always asking for money and always asking for the best equipment. And so, yeah, they're really good questions and, and they're enjoyable, maybe not in the moment, but after the fact. And so, so yeah, so we ended up upgrading our video switcher, went with Blackmagic stuff. Um, and it's been great. And we got the TVs in all the rooms so all the nursery workers can watch the service. They know when the service is ending so they can start to wind the kids up and clean up and all that stuff. And so that was really good. I think one more that stood out to me was when uh, the 600 megahertz frequency band got put into place and basically wiped out most of our wireless microphones they just so happen to be in that frequency range. And so, again, put together a list, went to the board. This is what the issue is. Like, this is not because I just want to upgrade microphones. This is a government-regulated thing that is happening. We're not the only church that's affected. At basically every... Or school or anything. Right. Basically, everybody every school, with a... school, every venue... Yeah, every every business that had a wireless microphone that just so happened to be in that 600 range was affected. School, church, concerts, office building, whatever it might be. And so that, I think, was a little bit easier of a sell because everybody is affected. It's not just Mission Bible Church. And so, but that was a, that was a big purchase. We had, uh, I believe, six or seven that happened to be in that frequency band that we had to replace. And so big purchase, we got uh, sure wireless microphones. So we went with that same brand and, and just bought new microphones and then did the rebate and all that stuff. But again, there was that trust that over the years that I have built with our lead pastor, worship pastor, our board members and all of them that, I know what I'm talking about. I do my homework. I do my research. I look at lots of options and I come to them knowing what I want to do and knowing what I want to get and just having a conversation of this is what we need and, and respecting their opinion, respecting our equipment and, you know, again, being organized and all that stuff. And so, yeah, because the... These people are, you know, they're businessmen. They, some own their own business. Some just work. Some are retired. They're not young. They're not necessarily old, but they don't look at technology the way that, you know, we look at technology. So again, 
they come in, the lights are on. Why do you need more lights? The projectors are on. Why do you need new projectors? Microphones sound great. Why do you need new new microphones? And so their mindset is just a little different. Again, not a bad thing, but just different. And so they're not looking at things that we are looking at or dealing with the problems that we deal with during the week when, you know, I'm changing frequencies on microphones because of interference and things like that. They don't see that type of stuff. And so they just see the one hour service when they come in on the weekend and most of the time everything works fine. So why do you need more equipment? And so, yeah. So those are just a couple of examples of discussions that I've brought up with our leadership, our board of upgrading equipment, doing it wisely, doing it at the correct time, uh, not doing it too often. Uh, I made it sound like we've bought a lot of expensive stuff over the last five years. Um, but when you really break it down, nothing was done. Like it wasn't done all in one year. It was spread out over time. And Well, and you've had a, you've had a plan in place for a long time too. It's not just that you impulsively would go and make these bigger pitches, but there was a plan in place by you yeah, speaking yep. with integrators and other knowledgeable people in the field. Yep. And I think that, that that's a good transition to get into budgeting. And so it's ch- the church world budget, like we said early on, really gets the short end in the stick, I think, when it comes to budget time. And so budgets are really important. And having a, a good budget is also really good. Again, doesn't mean you have to buy the latest and greatest or that you need it or that you should or shouldn't, but you can you can better advance your team and your volunteers and your worship services if you have the right equipment for what you guys are trying to pull off. You know, a church of 10,000, I don't, nothing against the X32, but I don't think the Behringer X32 is going to pull off a church service of, you know, a a 10,000 seat auditorium, you know, they're a bigger band. They're, they have more stuff going on. And so you're going to run out of inputs. And so you, you have to build in a budget that's going to grow with your church that can effectively communicate the message that's being told from the stage and from the pulpit. And so, yeah, budgets are really tough. One thing that I did when I first started so we've had a we've had a decent budget as far as a tech budget um, for as long as I can remember, which is very helpful. Our leadership is on board with all of that, and they see the need for stuff. So they've really been very gracious when it comes to budget and for the tech team and all that stuff. Um, but one thing that I did start when I came on staff was I don't know the technical term, but it's more or less a savings account budget. And so it's, it, it gets money put in, well, I believe every month or every year, they put money into this budget. I don't buy things from that budget unless it's a very large purchase. And so when I'm buying cables and things like that, I'm not pulling from this savings account. I'm pulling from my regular budget. But it, yeah, uh, but you know, we bought a uh, CL5 four year, three, four years ago. And when I came on staff, I was wanting to upgrade our soundboard. We had an M7CL at the time. 
and boards are really expensive. And I'm like, I have no idea how I'm going to be able to pull this off. And so I put together this savings account budget. They started putting money in it every year and I, it just started growing. And so, so I came across an opportunity to be able to pick up a CL5 and it was a little ahead of the timeline from when I was expecting to get it, but it made sense. It was a good deal. And so after talking to leadership, pulled money from that savings account and we were able to get that board and we still have that savings account now. And so, you know, if we buy a new PA or a new, new lights, whatever it might be, anything that's large that basically would blow out probably my normal budget, it would come from that account. And it kind of also softens the blow a little bit. And so, you know, if I've got, let's just say 10,000 in that account and I want to go buy something that is going to cost 20,000, it's easier to go to the board and say, hey, I need 10,000 to cover this expense. We've been putting money aside. I've got 50% of what we need versus I've got no money and I need $20,000 to buy this piece of gear. And so it, it really helps kind of lighten the blow a little bit when something is still above the cost of or whatever is in that budget. Or maybe, who knows, it might cover the whole thing. So once you have this savings account started, you know, put a plan together. You know, five years, I want to buy a new PA. Or in three years, I want to buy a new PA or new soundboard or lights, whatever it might be. And start to dump money in this savings account. And before you know it, you know, you're not pulling money out of there. So before you know it, you might have enough to cover that full purchase. You might have most of it covered. So it's not as hard to ask the board for, you know, a couple thousand more dollars or whatever it might be. Um, But it also just shows a little more responsibility from your side. And you you start taking ownership for your, your department and your team. And it just helps. It just helps build their that relationship with leadership and all that. So Eric, do you have anything to add to that? As you were talking about that, Benji, what came to my mind, uh, specifically with your soundboard purchase, because I was there with you, I helped pick yeah, it you up. Yeah, help, like, you came I with remember me. remember that trip. Um, is that you were not necessarily purchasing brand new gear either. That is true. Because that was a used eBay purchase, and that is a great way to save money on purchases is to buy used or refurbished uh, or the Amazon renewed. Um, I've started to do that more because often those purchases, they're still the same exact piece of equipment, especially if they've been um, specifically looked at by that company. Um, Like I just like, it basically is like opening up a brand new piece of equipment. So I've started to do that more and it's, save me some dollars here and there as well. Yep. Yeah, the eBay purchase, um, I think in normal terms, would be a little scary to buy a soundboard. But this was actually a local eBay listing. And so I probably wouldn't have bought it from, you know, And it was Texas. a reputable company yeah. that you were yeah. buying it yeah. from. I wouldn't have probably done it if it was in Texas. But it was local. It was a hour and a half drive for me or whatever. And so, yeah, I felt very comfortable doing it that way. And so I was able to look at it, inspect it, and uh, felt comfortable making that purchase 
that way. And so, yeah, be, but buying used can be a really, really good way to save some money. It can be a bad way, you know, depending on if you know what you're getting or not know what you're getting. But yeah, you can totally save some money that way or, uh, you know, talk to or other open lo- box items. Yep. Yep. Or talk to other local churches or your other tech friends and buddies that, you know, they just upgraded something and you're over here like, man, I can't get anything. You know, building those relationships with other tech directors in the area, borrowing equipment, renting equipment can actually also be a, a big cost savings as well. You know, do you need, you know, 15 wireless microphones all the time or do you need 15 wireless microphones for Christmas? So maybe you rent those microphones instead of buying them, you know, that type of stuff that you can, you can save some money that way and, and still get good gear for your production for your weekend. Um, and then, yeah, you're good to go. So, and I just wanted to briefly hit on the subject of building a budget, I guess, in the sense of what software we have at hand to do that. And obviously the big one is Excel spreadsheets are a great way to uh, itemize different uh, desired purchases to build those A, B, and C plans that we're talking about, or however you want to label them, plan A, plan, you know, color red, blue, um, and, or, you know, Google Sheets. There's all sorts of online databases that you have access to for free that you can build out a uh, very good budget and proposal for your leadership team yeah every year we actually use excel so every year we do a breakdown of what we expect or maybe what we plan to to spend for the next year and so i i do a breakdown of everything and and obviously there's a there's unexpected purchases and things like that but and then also every single time i've had to make one of those large purchases and go to the board for that I've made an Excel sheet with, you know, the cost of literally every single piece of equipment that is needed, you know, bulk cable, uh, cable ends, connectors, the actual gear itself, all of that stuff. And so I don't go to them and say, hey, I need $10,000. It should be around, but it might be over 10. No, I wanted to give them as close to a uh, price that I can get. And so when I say 10, I'm more or less hoping to spend nine or 9,500, which again, helps build that relationship and trust that I didn't go over. I'm not coming to you and asking for more. And so, yeah, it's, it's really good. And yeah, Excel, Google Sheets, all that stuff is, I use that stuff all the time to build my budgets and all that. So, Well, Benji, thank you for your brain knowledge of budgeting. (laughs) I mean, I have talked to you about that for my personal finances as well, and it's been very insightful. So thank you for sharing that with all of our listeners. Of course. I did want to hit on our highs and lows from this past weekend. Um, So I'll I'll go ahead and start, and we'll just keep it brief. But my low is that Uh, This past weekend, I was unable to be at the church service, Um, but my high is that I got to see the team really grow and thrive 
Um, and a lot of them step up to the challenge and uh, really hit a home home run uh, this weekend serving behind the scenes and as well as those who are on the platform. It was, it was great. Knocked it watch, out of the park. Uh, knocked it out of the park, watched yeah. the stream online as well as um, just kind of checked in every once in a while while I was away. So for me, my high is a few weeks ago, I introduced a checklist for our team. The digital checklist, it's right? A, it is a digital checklist. And let me tell you, it's awesome. Yeah. So I made this, it's actually pretty detailed, but as a user, it's pretty simple. Uh, but basically, it's a checklist. So they go to, they take a picture of a QR code and that brings up a Google form and they uh, select their name. They select what position they're serving in. So front of house or broadcast, pro presenter, whatever. And then they select, is this a pre-service checklist or a post-service checklist? And so, you know, obviously pre-service, they'd go to pre-service. And then there's a breakdown of every single thing that needs to be done for that specific position. So when that item is done, they check it, they move to the next item. And so it's really cool. It's really simple. It's fast. It's, I think it takes less than 30 seconds for most of the team. And so, yeah, my team is actually, they, they really enjoy it actually. And they've told me multiple times that, hey, this is great. I don't remember having to do some of these steps um, before. I guess things just happen to work sometimes. But yeah, but now they're double checking. They're making sure things are working and connected. And again, we do a lot of automation. So making sure all those connections are made and all that stuff. Uh, and then obviously post-service, they take another picture of that QR code and those same steps as far as select their user, their position, post-service. And then there's basically a shutdown cleanup checklist of making sure everything's put back correctly wireless mics are on charging stations we have a preaching tv make sure that's put away things like that and so yeah at first i was like as i was making i'm like i don't know if my team's gonna do it i hope they do but i mean it, it is kind of tedious we've been running without a checklist for basically ever since i've been on staff so um, we've never really ever had a checklist so this is something that's completely brand new for everybody and so um, but yeah it's been great people are filling it out we have a we use slack as well and so i also have a a link that just auto sends to our team at you know pre-service so in case they don't want to take a picture they can just click that link on slack and boom done and so yeah it's been awesome that sounds super cool yeah i need to implement that as well yeah it's it's awesome so for my low, uh, we do a video message that goes just to our live stream crowd. And that goes pre-service and post-service. So basically the pre-service is, hey, thanks for joining us online. This is uh, basically what our service is going to be about. And then the wrap-up is, thanks for joining us. Check us out online and hope to see you next weekend. And so that actually gets triggered uh, from QLab, and that triggers our HyperDeck uh, to automatically start playing that video. It also 
automates the video switcher. So it goes to that input, plays the video, it automatically ducks the audio. So it turns the um, background music down a little bit so the video can be heard. And that's all timed out. So I, I program all that each week of you know a 30 second video, 30 seconds before service starts, plays this video. And so it's been pretty solid. Uh, when I first was doing it, I was forgetting a couple cues on QLab, so things weren't working super smooth. But yeah, it's been working really good. For some reason, and uh, I'm not totally sure yet because I have not been to that campus yet today, um, but the pre-service video did not kick off. As far as the video, I believe the audio worked. Yes, I, the audio was there. But it did not switch the video input. So honestly, it worked. It still worked as far as like you could hear the audio. The message was still being uh, put out there. And so, and heard. And so it just didn't switch the video input. So I'm not sure why. It might have just been a little hiccup in the system or whatever. But yeah, honestly, our weekend was pretty smooth overall. So yeah, that, I think that was the only low that I, could, that I could think of. So that's great. Good job. Thanks. Well, once again, thank you, Benji, for sharing your immense knowledge with us. And Thank you for listening. We know that listening to a podcast about numbers sometimes can be boring, but we do hope that this um, is a little bit more insightful for you in your context. Yeah, hopefully this was a really good podcast for you guys. Um, We've had some good feedback. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, uh, Technology in Worship. Um, Be sure to share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Uh, with all your friends and church friends and all that stuff. So we appreciate all you guys and we'll see you next time.